Welcome back to the Performance Cycling Podcast. I'm Todd Norwood here with Jason Hammond. This is a new format we're doing. We call it a Prem Lap. It's a short episode where we cover a topic in brief detail and run through just the highlights. So, Jason, you're up. Yeah. Well, I, I just want to say about the Prem Laps. Uh, it's you know topics that you don't want to hear for 40 minutes. We don't want to talk about for 40 <laughs> minutes. So th- this first one... Um, well, we have a few different ones that we're going to be doing, but the this one is the kinematics of cycling in relation to anterior knee pain. It's a white paper that I stumbled upon on knee pain. I was actually looking up ankle mobility stuff, and, and this one popped up, but it, it brings up some interesting topics. Let me run through it quickly, and Todd, I'd like to get your, your thoughts on this. So, you know, initially... You know, 25% of cyclists have overused knee injuries, 60% have anterior knee pain, patellar tendonitis. Um, the study, they took two groups of 14 people with no symptoms, 14 people with no symptoms, 10 people with symptoms of knee pain in the last year. And they looked at their pedal stroke throughout the, the crank rotation. And these are all cyclists, right? Cycling individuals, not yes. just novice cyclists. Uh, I think well-trained. Okay, perfect. And... So there was previous research that indicated that frontal knee plane movement was different between people with knee pain and people without. And I think that's intuitive. You see riders who have weird knee tracking or Mm -hmm. riders who don't. And so they seem, there has been research that says people with knee pain, their knee tracks differently. See that in runners too. And other, other athletes as well. Okay. So the, the hypothesis of the study was that the divergence in knee tracking occurred during the power phase, specifically around the three o'clock point. And that's what they wanted to try and prove. So they tracked the knee position, the knee velocity, the knee flexion, and ankle dorsiflexion, which is the ankle toe up, toe down. And they tracked both the side and the front. And the goal of that was to look at the location throughout the pedal stroke so they could correlate the side and Mm -hmm. the front views. And the... The only statistically significant knee tracking difference occurred on the back side of the pedal stroke, think eight o'clock to ten o'clock, right at you know the opposite of the power phase, kind of the opposite of their hypothesis. And the other statistically significant difference occurred with uh, the amount of dorsiflexion. So those people with knee pain had more dorsiflexion. Is that correct? They they were more toe down at yeah, the bottom more, of the pedal more stroke. More plantar flexion, so less dorsiflexion. Yep. So, th- so the injured riders had less dorsiflexion, a uh, more toe down pedal stroke at the bottom into seven o'clock, eight o'clock than the uninjured cyclist. So you notice that on the back side of the pedal stroke, the injured riders, their knee stayed inward. It didn't move away from the bike. And you notice that their toe was more down at the bottom of the pedal stroke. And these were the two statistically significant Uh, areas and what's funny is the authors didn't want to talk about these differences they wanted to talk about their hypothesis and so they said well we noticed this thing but you know we will not be discussing that here and it's like come on guys play along uh we you know we want to hear your theories and uh instead we actually have todd's theories so i will say that's a little bit counterintuitive i i would have believe their hypothesis just at baseline yeah the difference is happening when you're putting down the power that's where the force is um i have to wonder though with the you know relative change in the ankle position at six o'clock and then if that's setting up the knee position to be different at you know eight to ten o'clock and you know well why why does that happen i i would want to believe there's got to be some either 
funkiness in the fit that's causing that. But if we assume the fit is correct and it's a, a biomechanical issue with the rider, I imagine there's got to be some some mobility deficit or some something happening there because it's in the it's in the recovery phase, and I guess it doesn't surprise me, right? I, I guess I would be, you know, yeah, of course it's in the power phase. That makes sense, like intuitively, because that you know there's X number of cycles and X amount of force, but you know that it's in the recovery phase. There's still you know how many ever thousands of hell strokes that you go out during a ride, and even if the force is relatively low, just the repetition there. Um, it seems certainly feasible in my mind that you could, that could be the issue. My initial reaction with it being on the backside of the pedal stroke was that it is a posterior chain issue, but also I, I lean in towards everything being a posterior chain issue. Mm -hmm. So my initial reaction was what muscles are engaged, hamstrings and hip flexors are going to be engaged in this area. So is it, uh, is, you know, are the hamstrings dysfunctional in some way? Um, is the the inner hip flexors like the psoas and iliacus are they not yeah. functioning properly or are they overactive relative to like the TFL which would pull the knee outward? Um, so I don't know, but it it seems like the you know the hamstring engagement, the hip flexor function is mm -hmm. important to reducing your knee pain according to what this study suggests. Yeah, I think that's that's actually really interesting. Um, what I'm wondering is, of course, you know, like all good science, hopefully one of the conclusions was, well, more, you know, more studies are needed to prove this out, right? And I'd wonder, you know, if we could do uh, an EMG and understand the muscle activity, right? Like how much force is produ being produced there? What, what is the activation of those muscles going around the pedal stroke? And is that different between those riders? And how is that correlated with the difference that we're seeing um, in the, the biomechanical parameters? Absolutely. I think that... So this, this paper came out in 2003, so it's not the most modern paper, and they, they had to use the technology they had at the time. But I think uh, EMG data is, is becoming more popular, and of course that's like a huge tool to get more information about what muscles are actually engaged. The other thing about the toe-down position of the injured riders is what does that suggest? That's almost like they can't get enough knee extension or they can't get enough hip extension mm -hmm. on the downstroke. Because the, the toe down position was at the bottom of the pedal stroke. So is it, does that indicate like a hip flexor mobility issue as well? Or is it hamstring? You know, are we back to the hamstrings? Well, or is it even something alternative where the issue is actually happening because they're putting out the power in the pedal stroke over a shortened period of time, right? They can't put out power towards the bottom because now they're toe down. So all the power they're putting out has to come, you know, between one and three or one and four and they're not effectively putting power so it's very compressed hmm. and the higher um, compressive load can cause more joint pain mm -hmm. around the knee that's, that's an interesting hypothesis as well so the last thing i have for this is my complaints about the study so they only used one pedal stroke I guess, how did they choose? <laughs> that seems like a problem well so they picked randomly. three pedal strokes mm -hmm. and then they they took all the data for the three but then took only the center of that three so they wouldn't have edge effects to okay. their data but it was at the end of the day it was one pedal stroke yeah, so they probably did like one like a random number generator or something to pick which one they wanted yeah i think they Some they record they recorded assignment. a minute yeah. or something uh and and it's like well they assume each pedal stroke is the same how how much variability is there in our joint angles and i think it's also interesting that fitters also only usually take one picture like still yeah yeah and it's the same you run into the same flaws
And they also didn't mention cadence, which I find frustrating because I know when I'm pedaling up, you know, a, a 8% grade, my knee is tracking kind of weird at 50 cadence. And then at 90, it starts to straighten out. And they mentioned power at all as well? Is there a power? Uh, they all did it at 200 watts. Okay. So depending on the rider, though, that could be 200 watts for a small rider and 200 watts for a big rider could be It could be tempo versus, uh, yeah. you know, zone one. Yeah. So, yeah, I'd, I'd love to know those two things, right? The effect of, like, power and cadence. Because I imagine lower cadence and or higher power demand is going to put more strain on the body and give you, you know, the ugliest pedal stroke that the rider has. Yeah. Well, uh, so, you know, maybe this paper leaves something to be desired, but it also allows us to talk about some potential causes of knee pain or um, trying to find patterns. And I like what you said. Let's find some uh, let's find some more data and do some more research to get to a, a better conclusion on this topic. I mean, I think that's the beauty of science when done properly is you, you turn over one stone, then you keep turning over the other adjacent stones, ultimately, to find your conclusion. It's never... Never one paper that gives you the answer. It's uh, it's a it's a bunch of work all put together that helps to answer your questions. Absolutely. So uh, that's it for the pre lab. We actually went over time somehow, and uh, like uh, we're we're actually going to have something new that we say. Todd always says, you know, keep the rope side down. I'm going to say, uh, go ride your bike. Well, thanks for listening. <laughs>